It might teach certain skills. And artificial intelligence can help in certain ways. But see, what happens is, is that in order for people to justify or rationalize, sell you, help shape you, we portray certain elements in our culture and society as intelligent. And sometimes religion and spirituality can even be part of the bargain and part of the game and part of the shaping in all of this. And can be used along the way. Take, for example, what happened in Germany. Right now, I'm reading this book. I've, I've been meaning to read this book for about two or three years. Let me tell you what happens to me, though. I have people who say, Greg, you really need to read this book. And so I set another book aside. And, and I want to read another book, or I have to read a book to, prep, to prepare for a teaching or for preaching something. So books get set aside that I want to read and get to, particularly books that are this thick, you know. They get set aside longer. I'm finally getting to read this book called Bonhoeffer. And I know some of you have read this book, and it's a great book. But let me read to you something that was said early on when Hitler became the Fuhrer. And by the way, how many of you know what the word Fuhrer means? It means leader. He was called the Fuhrer, the leader. Now, we'll get the part of what that means in a second. But let me read to you something that Hitler said early, early as he became the Fuhrer. May God Almighty take our work into his grace, give true form to our will, bless our insight, and endow us with the trust of the people. Does that sound like Hitler to you? And he also talked about how he wanted to restore Germany to the time of the Reformation with Luther, to that kind of greatness. And have that kind of church. And slowly, the Reich Church was co-opted by the Hitler government. Himmler was one of the people that used it. Himmler, who was one of Hitler's key men. You want to talk about other gods? He portrayed himself as a secular humanist, but he really believed in astrology and the occult. Anti-Christian. See, that can happen in a culture. And Himmler went on to say that Adolf Hitler will replace Jesus Christ as the Savior of Germany. See, we've got lots of saviors in our culture. Lots of methods. Lots of ways. Lots of gods. And what Paul did was he took what he could in the Athenian culture. Said there's lots of gods that you have out there. 
But you have this unknown God. Let me tell you about this unknown God. Let me tell you what you're really missing. What you're missing is what's most essential. What you're missing is the true God. And what you need to do is go on a real search for God. A real search for truth. Isaiah would say, come, let's reason together in his first chapter. Jesus talked about how the disciples were reasoning together. And trying to figure things out in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus would get into discussions or even arguments with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And how he would use questions and they would use questions to try to seek out truth and wrestle with things. And Jesus would tell parables to try to get them to wrestle with truth. But a true search for God. A true search, an honest search, an open search will always produce finding the true God. See, the problem is in our culture, there's a lot of hidden agendas. There's a lot of prejudices. That you're not always told about. But what Paul is trying to get at with the Athenians is you have this unknown God. And the first place you need to look, what theologians call general revelation, look at the world around you. Look at his handiwork. Look at his design. Look at the beauty. Look at human life. How complicated, how intricate, how wonderful. And you see design. You see his handiwork. Then he gets more specific. Just like in the upper room when Philip said, show us God. Show us the Father. We'll be satisfied. And Jesus says, have I been with you for so long that you don't see? That I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? I'm the Father in the flesh. That Paul begins to narrow it down for the Athenians. That there's this man who's come. And he rose again from the dead. And that's the clincher. Jesus Christ. He's the clincher. If Jesus really rose from the dead, that's the definitive answer. Do your research. Do an honest search. Get rid of your prejudice. Because people that have done that down through the years, Lee Strobel, Josh McDowell, when they did an honest search, they found the truth. Because an honest search will produce the truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he went on to say, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth.
And then he comes to the point, the bottom line. How do we get there? Repentance. The word repentance, metanoia, means, of all things, change your mind. Change your mind. And the mind means the will and the emotion as well. The whole of your being. Romans 12, be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind. When you open your mind to the truth and your heart to the reality of God, His presence and Jesus and His death on the cross and His love for you, and the fact that He rose again from the dead to defeat the power of sin and death, that's when the truth breaks into our lives and repentance is possible. And humility is the key. And the problem sometimes with our culture is that intellectual pride that we won't give up. We know better. Or we want otherwise. But when we're willing to repent, when we're willing to change our mind, He breaks in and he changes us. With that in mind, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. It's not just up here in your mind. It's not just what you think. It's your life. It's your life blood flowing through you that you have to be intimately connected to Him. He's the vine. We're the branches. Where we worship. Where we pray. Where we know Him through His Word. That it's our life. And that we're connected to each other. We're not perfect. No one's perfect. We're still connected to each other. Because that's what the church is meant to be. And then we bear fruit. Fruit that is a changed life. Fruit that is love and joy. Fruit that is other believers. In a world where you have Spartans out there. People that are all about their body. Look how good I look. I know you might think this, but I am not all about my body. But we all like to have a good time. We all like events. We all like getting together with others. But life is not all about entertainment and partying. It's also about godly fellowship. That God cares about our minds, our intellect. But we need to be sharp with the word of God. And able to do apologetic. Not apologize, apologetic. We're able to reason with other people in the world. We're able to discuss our faith. In our witness. 
This fall, I'm going to be offering a class on Wednesday night to help people with that. So that we can become better, so that we can bear fruit, the fruit of other believers. And we're not afraid to go out in public and be a witness. You know, last weekend, Meredith and I had a long weekend in Pittsburgh for Mother's Day. And we spent time with our daughter and her husband. We stayed with them and my siblings and some cousins. And my one cousin, Eileen, we've been close down through the years. We were born eight days apart. We went to high school together. We were literally kissing cousins. We'd walk by the hall and kiss each other on the way by in high school. She's married to one of my really good friends from high school. And Eileen and I were in a discussion Friday night when we were over her place for dinner with a group of cousins and my brother and his wife. And Eileen started telling me how she's worked at the newspaper, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, for years. And she was saying how when she first started working there, I don't remember how long, 20 years ago, people were somewhat suspicious of Christians. Now, people are antagonistic, and she sometimes gets attacked. So I started talking to her about, you know what you can do? You can start asking questions like this, and you can start dialoguing with them. You can start interacting with them, because that gets my juices flowing. And she said, after I went on for a couple of minutes, she said, will you come with me? You know, the reality is, is that we need to, like Paul, engage the culture in a winsome way. Because if we really love people, if you heard what Paul said, there's judgment. There's judgment. Do we really believe that? Because there is. For those of us that are Christian... The judgment comes in the form of pruning, and we need to be pruned so that we get better. So we're more effective and more loving and bearing more fruit. But for those who are unbelievers, there's judgment. And if we really love and we really care, we need to be his witnesses. Two weeks ago, Two weeks ago in my sermon, I challenged people. Go out and witness to one person. I'll issue the challenge again if you haven't done it. Witness to one person. Don't be afraid to interact. Pray. Pray that God equips you. Pray that you're willing to be bold, winsome, loving, but don't be shy. There are Spartans, there are Corinthians, and there are Athenians out there. Take your pick. But don't be shy. And let's bear fruit. Let's be the church together. Let's pray. Jesus said to the woman at the well, you worship what you do not know. 
Just as Paul said to the Athenians. And there are so many in our culture who worship a God of their own creation or none at all. That ancient Greece is alive and well today. Lord God, I pray that you would, for those here who really have never repented, never changed their mind and their heart and their life, that you would break in by your Holy Spirit and impress your truth upon their lives, the truth of your Son, and that they would become a branch tied into the vine with your life flowing through them, confident of your being their Savior and your Lord. Lord, that they would truly come to know you in a deeper way, a more intimate way, that you would be their lifeblood. And Lord, for all of us, that we would seek to bear fruit, your witnesses to a desperate world. Lord, I pray this day that you would impress upon us this week one person, one person to be a witness to. Give us the will. Give us the love. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.